Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for March 17, 2022. This year, I'm going to be teaching all year under the banner of intentional progress. Not only should we seek to make progress this year, but we want to be intentional about it. We want to be deliberate about pursuing our destiny so that we can become the men and women that God has called us to be in. So at the end of 2022, we are incrementally closer to who it is that God has called us to be. You got it? All right. So as we've been studying some things, we've been learning life lessons from the life of Jesus. As we get into this word this morning, I want you to open up your heart to receive. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. We've been looking at life lessons from the life of Jesus, and we're in part 47 this morning. The title of today's message is, Your Life Should Make Jesus' Sacrifice Worth It. Now, that says a lot. Now, what I'm saying there, I'm saying a lot. Think about the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, and your life should make Jesus' sacrifice worth it, worthy of it. Oh, my God. So that puts a lot of pressure on us, but not really. We just got to yield ourselves over to him. So we're in John chapter 19. We looked at John 5, 6, 8, 12, 13 through 17. I thought I was going to stop at 17. The Lord told me to keep going. I went to 18. The Lord told me to keep going. I went to 19. We're in John chapter 19. And I got to the text where I was about to deal with the fact that Jesus said, it is finished, right? But when I, right when I was going to deal with that, the Lord wanted me to back up for a minute. For a minute. And, and so, because now I'm at the point in John's story anyway, you have to read the synoptic gospels to get the whole synopsis of what happened because John is writing through his lens, Matthew through his lens, right? Mark through his lens, uh, uh, Luke through his lens. And so there's these different lenses. And if you read all the synoptic gospels, you kind of get really the story of, of what happened leading up to Jesus going to the cross. And so John chapter 19, John just takes us straight to like, boom, like he's on the cross, he's nailed there. He's about to say, it is finished. And I'm like, man, we skipped over some stuff. So let me let me think about it. Let me back up for a moment. That's what we're going to do this morning. I have four things to share with you this morning. I know it's not Good Friday, but this is a message that you're going to remember on Good Friday. So I have four things to share with you this on this morning about the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and about the fact that we should live our lives in honor of that sacrifice or so to make that sacrifice worthy. You got it? All right. Four things. Number one, here we go. So take a few moments. To consider what Jesus did for you. Um, so, so this is this is where, as a preacher, uh, one of the best books I ever read uh, in Bible college <laughs> over 20 years ago was uh, a book by Dr. Warren W. Wearsby, which was called uh, or titled "Preaching and Teaching with Imagination." And I teach hermeneutics in Bible college now, and uh, and I I try to teach my students to teach and preach with imagination. So my job as a preacher sometimes is to paint the picture. So you can see, I'm, I'm speaking words, but I'm painting a picture upon the canvas of your mind's eye of what happened in the text. And so let's do that for a moment. Let's think about Jesus. Let me paint the picture for you of what he went through. Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples. And you, everybody knows the Last Supper. You've seen the painting. You probably have one of those in your house 
or your auntie has one of those, right? And so you've seen the Last Supper. So he had the Last Supper with the disciples. And we talk about the Last Supper every time we do communion. And so after that, he washed their feet. After that, he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed and he prayed for hours. Remember, he was like telling the disciples, they kept falling asleep. Peter, James, and John, his inner circle while he was praying. But he prayed for hours. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for us, for all of those who would come to him to believe through the annals of time. And then we dealt with that prayer in John 17. Shortly after that, Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And we dealt with that too. So Judas shows up and he, there's police officers, there are, are soldiers there. And, and Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. He sold them for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus was arrested like a dirty criminal. He was taken in the middle of the, of the night from mock trial to mock trial under the cover of darkness. They never brought any real eyewitnesses or he, he was really there on trumped up charges. The only thing that they said that he had done wrong was identify who he was. He claimed to be the son of God. And so they said that that was blasphemy. They brought him before Pilate. Pilate was like, listen, this has nothing to do with me. He hasn't broken any Roman laws. You guys deal with it. They said, no, we can't deal with it because you are the only one authorized to have this man killed. Pilate was like, man, I didn't know it was on that level. Why are you trying to kill somebody? This dude ain't done nothing wrong. And so, so yes. So after the whole story, you know, the deal, he tried to let him go and the people chose Barabbas. And so Pilate felt like his hands were tied. He really tried to let him go at the last minute. The people were putting pressure on him. Finally, he lets him go and, and Jesus goes out there and, and then he's tortured. They take a cat of nine tails. Think about this for a minute. They took our savior, Jesus. You probably probably saw the movie, The Passion of the Christ. This part is hard to watch. And so they take our, our savior, Jesus, and they stretch him out like this. And so they take off his clothes. His back is wide open. He's just laying there. And a skilled torturer takes a cat of nine tails. And so, so there's this, it's like a whip with nine whips on it. And so nine leather straps. And inside of each leather strap, they take little pieces of bone, little pieces of metal, and they sew it into the leather so that the skilled torturer, when he whips a person with that, being hit once, every time he hits him once, it's like he's being hit nine times because it's one cat of nine tails. And everyone, every time he hit him, boom, those little pieces of bone, those little pieces of stone, those little pieces of metal, they drove into Jesus's back. And so, and now that they're lodged in his back, the skilled torturer would then yank it out of his back. And, and every time he did it, little pieces of Jesus's flesh went back with the, with the whips. And so the torturer did this thing 39 times times to the point where Jesus's back is wide open. Then they punch Jesus in the face and then they slap Jesus. They put a hood over his head and they were slapping Jesus and say, oh, you're supposed to be a prophet. Why don't you prophesy? Tell me who slapped you. Then they take a, a, a crown of thorns. They twist it all up and then they stick it down into his head to where there's blood flowing down his face. And as a mockery, they put over him, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And then they take his battered and his bruised body and they give him a cross and they make him carry his own cross up Golgotha's hill while the crowd was yelling at him. And so, so the crowd is yelling at him, crucify him, crucify him. And he's looking at some of the same faces that just a few days ago were, were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. So they turned on him. They, they I'm telling you that they, they, they betrayed him on every level. And so he's making his, his way up the, the hill, Golgotha's hill, carrying this cross. And, and what happened? The disciples had scattered. The disciples even, they went the four winds. 
Peter denied Jesus three times before the cock crows. The people had turned on him. He was sentenced without ever doing anything wrong. My question for you this morning, I know it's early, but can you picture him? Can you picture him up there? He's beaten to the point where his face is almost unrecognizable. And his back is wide open. His skull is pierced. There's blood coming down his face. He's carrying this cross and he finally makes it up there. And, and then they, they lay down the cross and, and they lay him on top of the cross and they take these, these spikes like railroad spikes and they drive it through his hands and, and then they bring his feet together and they repeat the process and they drive it through his feet. And, and have you ever heard like a, a, a big a hammer? And can you hear it? Like bang, Ooh, bang, and they, they're banging, the bang, and they go through his hands and they go through his feet. Later, I'm going to talk more about what happened on the cross, but he did all of this. Why? 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 Why did Jesus go through all of this torture? Why did Jesus go through all of this pain? The answer is you. He did it for you and he did it for me. I want you to think about that. Jesus, while he was going through all of this, the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 2, that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He had the pain of the cross. He thought about all the people that would be saved. And he looked down through the annals of time, some 2,000 years, and he saw your face. He saw my face. And so he did it for you. He did it for me. Love is what kept Jesus on that cross. I want you to picture that this morning. You're like, man, Rick, why you did that to me? I got, I got stuff on my calendar. I got things I got to do today. I got a busy schedule. I got phone calls to make. I got Zoom calls. Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad I did it. Because when you get on all that stuff, I want you to remember what Jesus did for you. You should live your life in honor of Jesus's death. That was number one. All right, number two, Jesus paid a great price for you. So listen, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that it pales in comparison to what Jesus went through for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, you should know that your body is a temple, is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you receive the Holy Spirit that came from God, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. And then the Bible says, you don't own yourselves. Your life is not your own. You don't own yourself. You, you don't get to make your own decisions. You don't get to just, you know what? This is what I want to do. I, I'm going to do this. I, I don't care what, I know God wants me to do this, but I, I ain't doing that. Mm, the devil, it, no, stop. Your life is not your own. Verse 20 says, God paid a very high price to make you his. God paid a very high price to make you his. What did God pay? He paid the life of his own son. If you're born again, you were bought with a price. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19, the Bible says, you know that in the past, you were living, the way you were living was useless. It was a way that you learned from those who lived before you. You lived like everybody else in the world, and it was useless, the Bible says. But you were saved from that way of living. How were you saved? You were bought. You were bought, but not with the things of this world, like gold or silver. You were bought, verse 19, with the precious blood of Jesus. Like you were bought. It's like Jesus, God came to the counter. He says, yep, let me get one of those. What's that? Let me get a Rick Pina. 
Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, you using a credit card? Nope. Uh, what are you using? Uh, I'm using the blood of my son. I'm paying for Rick Pena with the blood of my son. Jesus bought me with a price. He redeemed us. The Bible says that his blood was pure and perfect. He became a sacrificial lamb for us. In the Old Testament, they had to kill uh, uh, you know, bullocks and turtle doves and, and, and goats and all of this stuff. And they killed animals, but the blood of an animal could never redeem the man. You know what I'm saying? And so, so it, it had to be an equivalent ransom. A man had to die. God was like, you know, and not just any man. It had to be a perfect man. It had to be a perfect. And so, so the only perfect man to ever live died for you. And God said, paid in full. Let me pay for you. Let me pay for you, Sarita. Let me pay for you, Brenda. Let me pay for you, Joe, Adele, uh, Isabella. Let me pay for you, Eve. Let me pay. For, I'm paying for you. How? Paid in full. What? With the blood of my own son. To redeem means to purchase with an equivalent ransom. Now, now, let me say that again. When you pay for something, you have to pay for it with an equivalent ransom. You have to give something that is equal to the value. You go to the mall and they say, well, this is the value of this is $100. So you have to give $100 because it has to be of equivalent ransom or equivalent value. And so, so you have to pay the equivalent value to get something. And so Jesus redeemed you and he became the equivalent value. And so you may be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, Rick, how can it be that Jesus was equivalent value for me? Jesus, I'm not on Jesus's level. I'm not on Jesus's level. How can you say that Jesus was an equivalent ransom? That's what God believes about you. God loves you so much that God sees you as the, listen, don't try to bring Jesus down to your level. Jesus died. God says, this is how much I think about you. So now I'm trying to bring your life up to his level. I'm not trying to bring you, Jesus, down to the level of your life. No, you're down here. He's up here. I'm trying to bring your life up to the level of, of the sacrifice that he made for you. Yes, it's an equivalent ransom. That's what God believes for you. About you, all the blood, all the the gold in the planet couldn't pay for one drop of Jesus's blood, and Jesus died for you. And so that's how much God thinks about you. That's how much Jesus thinks about you. And when you believe that, when you get to believe what God believes about you, you live your life and you see everything through a different lens. You go to the mirror and say, "Man, I am worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me." You go to the the, the mirror and say, "As Jesus is, so am I in this world." I'm my God. I, I'm looking in the mirror and. I I'm saying, I, I can't, I, sometimes it's hard for me to believe that Jesus did all of that for me and that Jesus sees himself as equal with me and that the Bible says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that we are connected as one. And the Bible says that as Jesus is, so am I in this world. And the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 16, that when I stand before God on the day of judgment, I will be able to stand there in boldness. And in my own self, I don't see myself bold before the, the, the day of judgment. But no, I'm going to be able to stand there in boldness. Why? Because as Jesus is, so am I in this world. When I go stand before God, Jesus is going to be right there saying, I'm your brother. Come on. I'm your big brother. Come on. We are equal. Our daddy he loves you the same way he loves me. He doesn't love you any less than he loves me. Where boom, come on now. You got to see yourself the way I see you. You got to believe. Listen, I gave my life for you. I sacrificed for you. And so no, it's not that I'm trying to bring Jesus down to my level. Jesus is trying to bring me up to his level. Jesus is trying to say, listen, think about the sacrifice. When you when you say, you know what? Uh, you go to a pawn shop. I watch that show Pawn Stars. And you know, they say it all the time. Think something is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for. Come on now. Something is worth 
whatever somebody's willing to pay for. And they go, man, this thing? And they bring it into the pawn shop. And that old dude in the pawn shop, I don't know his name. He looks at it. He talks to him. Yeah, man, that, ain't, that thing, how much you want for it? They say $100,000. Man, that thing ain't worth $100,000. How much you want for it? A million dollars. Man, that thing ain't worth a million dollars. Let me go call an expert. The expert comes in and says, man, it's worth $2 million. He said, for real? Yeah, but it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Look at me. Your life is worth what somebody was willing to pay for it. Jesus paid for you with his own blood. That's how worthy you. I mean, this is the value that God placed on you. God died for you. Jesus died for you. That's the value. And so, so when you think about it from that perspective, you got to see yourself different. When you think about it from that perspective, come on now, I, I got to see myself the way God sees me. I got to believe what God believes about me. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. God, if, if, if God believed enough about me to send his own son to die in my place, then I, I got I can't look at myself. I can't have a low self-esteem. I can't see myself as broke, busted, disgusted, frustrated, disillusioned, hard to get along with. Can't live like that. Why? Because Jesus died for me. Come on now. He redeemed me with his own blood. He paid for me. He, come, I have to see myself the way God sees me. Same man to that. Glory to God. Number three, another thing this means is that Jesus understands. If you're in pain this morning, then you can go to Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus knows pain. If you're dealing with problems right now, come on now, you can go to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus knows problems. He dealt with a lot of them. If you're, if you're dealing with two-faced people, if you're dealing with people, people that smile in your face and then stab you in the back, you can go to Jesus because Jesus dealt with those people too. He knows what it was like to be betrayed with a kiss. Jesus went through everything that he went through. Why? So he could meet you where you are. He can deal, he can identify with every struggle. We do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. The Bible says we have a high priest that understands. He knows. He knows what you're going through. He's been through it himself. So no matter what you're facing this morning, some people are like, I'm still dealing with the pandemic. I ain't got over it. Some people are like, I'm still dealing with economic issues. I ain't got over it. Some people are like, I'm dealing with relationship issues. I've been locked up so long, I don't even know how to talk to people no more. Okay, whatever you're dealing with, God is there and Jesus understands. He went through all that he went through so he can identify with you and he paid a price for you and I need you to believe what God believes about you. You're like, I, don't, I didn't think this was worthy of that much, but is willing, is worthy of whatever people are willing to pay for it. And so if God was willing to send his own son to die in your place, then you're worthy. You are, you are worthy of that. That you, it is an equivalent ransom. Say amen to that. Number four and finally, last thing as I close, you should live your life in a way that makes Jesus's sacrifice worth it. You got to live your life. Like, listen, come on now. You cannot see yourself as, as, as somebody who, who has a low value or low self-esteem because that's not how God sees you. You got to believe what God believes about you. When you think of all that Jesus suffered for you, when you think of everything that Jesus went through for you, you should want to make every day count. After thinking about what Jesus did for you, you should want to go into every day saying, here I am, Lord. Listen, I'm ready. And then at the end of your life, you want to be able to say, here I am, Lord. I did what you wanted me to do while I was on the planet. Your grace on me was not in vain. One thing I know is I'm not, I do not want to stand before God and allow him to say that his grace towards me was wasted. In the, in the middle, I see some people on the call that are military or government. In the government, in the military, we have this term called fraud, waste, and abuse. When, when, it's, when you take something and you have a misuse of government property or a misappropriation of government funds. Listen, let me tell you something. God appropriated the grace on your life to do what he called you to do. He allocated a level of grace for you to accomplish what you were born to accomplish. And if you don't do it, it's a misappropriation of God's grace. 
And what I'm not going to do is stand before God and say that your grace on me was wasted. No, 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 no. You did too much for me. I, I, I live my life in honor of his death. God, God is, I've, I've been through too much. I've seen too much, too much. And God, I know that God has done too much for me, for me to allow him to waste his grace. Every day of my life, I need to live it in honor of his death. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Glory to God. I was preaching this morning. I was, I'm sorry. I was straight up preaching. Anyway, you might want to listen to this again. Speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for reminding me of the price Jesus paid for me. Jesus was bruised, beaten, tortured, and crucified for me. Jesus willingly took the pain associated with the cross for the joy that was set before him. And I am part of that joy. He did it for me. Jesus redeemed me with his own blood. Jesus paid for my sin with his own life. I am now saved from hell because of Jesus's sacrifice. I am now free from the power of sin and the fear of death because of what Jesus did for me. Jesus paid my debt. Jesus saved me from sin, from sin, from Satan, from hell and the grave. Jesus took my place on the cross and I now get to take his place in this world. The world can't see Jesus, but they can see me. But because they can see me, they're going to see Jesus. <laughs> I will be your legs to walk, Father. I will be your hands to touch. I will be your mouth to speak. Jesus died for me. I now live for him. And this is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to, you want my notes, go to todaysword.org. You get them for free. Click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. God loves you so much that he sent his own son. His son loves you so much that he died for you. The Holy Spirit loves you so much that he's committed to you. So please live your life in honor of his death. Do me a favor. If this message was a blessing, leave me some comments in the chat right now, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. This is the gospel. We can't be ashamed of it. We got to share it. So help me to share this message. Let's get it out there. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.